We are back, dude, with another great episode of A Cynical Optimist, episode 97, man. Closing in. We're getting there. Top one hondo. If this was TV, I'd be ready for syndication. But since we're just podcasts and we're grassroots and it's just me doing all the things, I will not be in syndication. So, But, um, yeah, dude, you know, I want to kick off this episode on a... um, guess on a light note and i guess that light note would be that your boy is going to go see blink 182 on fucking tour man fuck (laughs) dude now i'm getting ready dude i know but listen if you tuned in to any other podcast you could give me shit, and I would, I would totally fucking understand. But you tuned into the one podcast that is its title, is its name, is its meaning, is me, dude. Okay, here at Cynical Op, dude, I talk shit, and I will talk shit to the day I die. That will never change. That will never be nothing. But. I am I am always open to 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 interpretation of anything I talk shit about. So, you know, now that I've put out I don't know how many podcasts since the announcement of Blink getting back, them going on tour, finding out Ticketmaster is a bunch of uh, you know, thieves and hungry corporate piggies. You know, I've done a lot of this talking of how pissed I've dude, it was never towards blink i want that to be known right now and look again i'm not a bike dude i'm not backpedaling here all right i meant that shit whatever i sell on those podcasts i stand by it dude and if i ever said it i'll fucking stand by it i'm not i'm not afraid to be caught with my pants down evidently enough when i was in elementary school i would still pee with my pants all the way down it wasn't until later I, i knew that you didn't have to do that you know so i'm not afraid all right, I said that shit because I was pissed. And guess what, dude? Your boy still had to pay those prices. But, but, and here's the big but. I was talking to the good homie, the 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 great homie, Vic, and we were talking, and uh, he made a str- he, he was he was gonna go already. He he had set his his mind to go, and I was like, that's tight. I'm stoked. I'm glad. And. You know, he made the case for himself while going because, look, I also want to address this. This is still the case. As fucking excited and as stoked as I am to go see the ones, the onlys, the Blinks 182s, is that, yes, at the age that I'm at now, financially, we could go. This is the what I'm pissed about is that the fact that, like, they they had us. They had us basically like by the balls in a way. They were like, it was like, yes, we could go, but we shouldn't have to choose on like on such a high level of like, man, like, can we go? You know what I'm saying? Like, we had the means and the funds to go to do this, but it shouldn't have to be like a decision this long financially to just be like, yeah, I want to go, but, you know. We, we, you know, got to do stuff to make this happen. And that that's what I'm pissed about is like, I, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, you know what? I hold a little scrutiny to Blink, but I, I understand them too because if I was in a band and they were like, hey, 
don't worry about the tickets. We got that'd be one less thing I have to worry about. I would be fucking yeah, please do it. And then finding out that you know everybody's getting fucked, uh, ticket price wise, um, it would upset me. But then I'd be like, you know, as I'm driving away in my fucking Range Rover, my uh, aftermarket Subaru Outback, whatever. So you know, me and Vic had a talk, and we were you know he, he was. He was telling me he's going, and I, and I was stoked. I still wasn't on board uh, as far as going. I was still kind of like, you know, I can, but I, I don't want to have to. Like, it's I, I love those guys to death, but this is it's crazy that like Ticketmaster is making people pay these pay these ticket prices amount. And so, um, he had already said going, and and um, so when when I came up, when my wife came home, I told her, uh, you know, hey. You know, he's going to end up going. She was like, well, why don't we go? You know, and I was like, well, you know, and, and I gave her the spiel because I, I have I had convinced myself this whole time, you know, for whatever reason um, that, yes, we could go. But it's it's like, you know, it's a stupid small stand I have to take in my own mind to justify that, like, we can't give in to these motherfuckers because, you know, what they're doing is basically monopolizing the whole concert industry to where, like, it's whatever. It's not whatever now. It's still pretty serious in the sense of what they charging, what are they, what they're charging for seats based on the fact of, like, how popular or the how in demand a seat is. And they're basically becoming the, the scalpers themselves. So, I mean, you're still allowing scalpers to scalp, but you're saying – Oh, we're gonna we're gonna cut them at the knee. Really, you're just saving your ass because you're trying to cut them at the knees so you get what the scalper would get. But dude, look, I've never bought tickets from a scalper, but I highly doubt this motherfucker is charging what Ticketmaster was charging. Dude, Ticketmaster became the scalper like for generations. Like it's like if Ticketmaster became like started scalping and and had the sun all the way down diluted, but like that didn't make sense. But look, I'm just saying. <laughs> Ticketmaster became like the ultimate scalper. They they became the like you know, I've seen him outside of concerts, and I my first time I actually seen him was outside of a Blink concert in Houston uh, on their neighborhoods tour for the release of that album. But the guy was just charging fifty dollars extra on top of whatever the general admission was, and fucking fine. That's fine. Like that's not that bad, you know. Considering uh, the ticket was eighty bucks, I think at the time. So fifty bucks. General admission uh, was fifty or thirty-five. So, on top of that, you still you were still paying the same ticket. Yeah, you were gonna sit further, but you know whatever. Anyways, look. So, so then my wife goes, "Well, why don't we go?" And then I was like, "Well, you know, of course I'm always on board." But when my wife like brings it up or talks about it, I go like, "Damn!" Like, you always need that other person to kind of like nudge you in that right direction because again your boy's always sitting on a fence dude that's if there's one thing i'm doing it's always sitting on a fence i'm always like yeah i could do this but then this right but then she convinces me she goes look we we don't do we work all year we don't uh we don't do a lot and uh this was the same argument for vic who um also was you know which kind of pushed me over the like vic pushed me a little bit you know and then my wife definitely I fell off the cliff. It was great. So we got the tickets, all right? And we're going to go see them, and I'm fucking excited. I mean, look, who knows? Maybe this is a cash grab. Maybe Tom's like, I need to do this tour and get the fuck out of here. Maybe this is the last time we'll ever see them ever again. Who knows? 
Okay. But if it isn't, great. But if it is, okay, good. I'm going to go see them now, man. And, you know, I'm trying so hard, man, to stay, you know, I'm a humble guy. It's what I do. It's just what I known to be. Because every time I try to be like the man, I've always gotten fucking shown by life like, you're not the fucking man, dude. And let me show you right now. So many instances of my life have been like where I tried, like, oh, I'm going to wear this shirt. And I just get clowned on. Or like, let me wear my hair a different way. And I see a photo and I want to fucking burn that photo from existence. It's like anytime I've tried to be the man, like I get humbled so fast. For example, when I was – uh I was out skating one night, and uh, dude, I'll never forget this. It lives in my head because it was so fucking bad. I was out skating one night with a homie of mine. We're sitting in my car, and a a car pulls up next to me that was like two girls in there, right? And it's perfect. Two guys, two girls. What fucking perfect combination could this be? Now, I try to be the fucking smooth guy that I am, and I, I'm pulling it off, dude. I'm literally thinking, like, dude, I, I Rico Suave over here telling the girls what's up. I'm like, and God damn it, dude. And, and, and it plays in my head on a fucking projector every, every once in a while. I'm like, see how, like, how much of the man you can't be? So I'm telling them what's up, and, I'm, and I'm, I don't know if I'm going to ask them for their number or one of them for the number. But I look over to my friend. I'm like, dude, we, we should make this happen. Well, the light go, but I'm in the right turning lane and they're going straight. So my plan is I'm going to turn right. I'm going to like try to bust a, what, what they call a bitch and try to get onto the, the street that I'm turning down into their right lane to catch up with them. And as I'm turning right, dude, I lo- I'm giving them a look that's like, yeah, what's up? You know, like I'm trying to be the fucking man. I'm trying to be smooth with it. And I'm, and I'm pulling it off, dude. But I fucking jump the curb. My fucking truck, or my truck, it's a, it's a Chevy track. It's like a midsize SUV thing. Fucking hits and clunks. And we, you know, the, just look the worst we could be, dude. And I look over, dude, as they're driving away. And they're laughing at me so fucking hard, and I can't blame them, dude. And any any chance I had at that time, dude, was evaporated so fast. So I could not, dude. I, I'm I'm always I'm always getting humbled for sure, you know. And I'm and I'm always trying to keep it humble around here. But you know, I gotta say, dude, it's different now. Okay, so when you approach me, like talk to me different, dude, because your boy got these blink tickets. All right. The only time I can't be humble right now is like I paid what I paid for these tickets. It's different now, dude. Okay, you see me just, you know, just know I'm be I'm of the people that are going to go see this band for what the price was. And that's it, man. You know, (laughs) so, you know, like I'm over here now. (laughs) I talked all this shit, which, again, still meant. But now I'm I'm of the I'm of the uh, the idea of like. Yo, dog, if you broke, just say so, you know? <laughs> no, for real, though. I mean, look, it's, it's you know, we, we can do it. It was always the possibility of doing it. It's just that I just didn't want to. I didn't want to get fucking Ticketmaster the satisfaction to be like, because I feel like there was a meeting with Blink and Ticketmaster. And again, I, I don't know who runs these fucking, these companies. Again, it's I feel like it's a soulless bunch of uh, white guys all almost balding 
you know, with suits and ties. And they're like, look, you guys go on tour. You, you know, with our new system, you're ready to generate $100 million, you know. I mean, you guys could each potentially walk away with, you know, whatever, $30 million each. And so, of course, that, you know, that's dollar signs are going off in the boys' heads because, I mean, who doesn't like money, right? Um, and so... But, you know, for, for the sake of my mind, I, I picture just like a big ticket stub mascot talking to these guys like, you guys have the, the potential to make so much money off this tour. Look, these guys will pay any dollar amount to see you. I promise. Just watch. And if I was in that meeting, I'd kind of be sketchy. Be like, I don't know, man. Like the, the prices that some of these seats are going for is way more than our VIP packages are all. Yeah, I get that blink. But listen, these people love you and watch all of your shows will sell out. Which, dude, by the way, they have pretty much been selling out. Okay, I've seen the photos. I'm like, God damn it, dude. I think some people took out some fucking small business loans or something. Because, dude, some of these seats, not only that, but like the the pit area where it's it's common ground, dude. That's like typically the pit area at a punk show or a rock show or whatever you want to call it, punk rock show. They're 50 bucks or they're like a flat rate because you have to stand up. You don't have the luxury of sitting down, walking on stairs to a restroom or to get a beer. You have to like pretty much like osmosis your way through sweaty people just to try and then say goodbye to your spot because there's no way you're getting back in. So typically like that general admission is 50 bucks, dude. Those tickets, dude, right now are going for a thousand dollars. Just to be up front where I never want general admission. I never want to be in the pit. Like, fuck standing. Like, I do that shit for a living. Like, I'm not trying to pay, you know, even just to stand. But I can't believe some people are paying a fucking thousand dollars. Like, either I'm living in the wrong part of America or fucking everybody has just got general fucking admission Blink-182 money. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Imagine somebody going to a bank like, and this uh, $20,000 loan... What would this be for again? Oh, dude, I'm trying to go see Blink, you know, cop a bunch of merch. So, yeah, they're all, Jesus, I mean, but did you get general admission? Yeah, I'm trying to see them front row. I mean, the $1,000 doesn't even guarantee that I'll be front row, but it's 1000 Like, that's why I still fucking kiss my ass, Ticketmaster, dude. Fuck you guys. Like, it's, and fuck any company doing that shit, which is all of them, right? They're all in some way fucking over somebody. Um, but, yeah, dude. It's fucking different now. So, got these tickets. I'm ready. I'm ready to go see the boys. I mean, shout out to my wife, though, dude. She's she's a true one because she she saw me since... Blink has been on tour. I have checked every single YouTube video of every single show that they've played so far. And, man, they sound they sound fucking good, man. I got to say, like, I don't know if they did any special guitar tech shit, but Tom sounds great on guitar. I mean, Travis obviously is incredible. Mark sounds great vocally. And I'm glad, you know, Tom's dropping that, that fucking angels and airwaves cadence like, yo and me, you know, I don't know. He's kind of, he's just sounding a little bit better. He's not extending those words too much. So, uh, man, I'm excited. Yeah. And, um, still meant what I said, you know, (laughs) 
Like, I mean, fuck, dude. Uh, this is this is it for me, man. Like, there's there's only one band I'd ever do this for. Like, truly, I mean, all if this happened to any other band, and they probably know that too. So they're they're that big of a band now that people knew that like this was gonna be a huge tour release. That's why I think like maybe this is just a um, a one and done sort of scenario for some of these people. Maybe not Taylor Swift because that bitch is like I, I don't get it. But you know these it, it's a cult. You know just like Beyonce. Like I don't get that shit. But people swear. I swear to God, I feel like people just there's got to be like like mind thinking where it's like because so many people say something, it must be true. Like you know the whole Nickelback thing where people were hate on Nickelback. I mean, I'm victim of that too. Like I would make Nickelback jokes all the time. Why the fuck not? But really, truly, what have they done? You know? I mean, dude, Kid Rock is shooting fucking Bud Light cans in his backyard and we're like, nah, nothing there. <laughs> no joke there. But Nickelback just tries to exist, you know? And they're like, fucking Nickelback, fucking pussies. It's like, they did nothing wrong. They were kind of like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> you know, they were like, uh, they got the same speech from the, Tiki, the uh, ticket master, they're all, guys, we don't know what's going on, but nobody's buying, you know, tickets to your concerts. You did nothing wrong, but you, we got to actually tax that ass, so, you know, and it's like, <laughs> I don't know, you know, I don't understand the, and I, dude, I wouldn't even, uh, like, put Blink as, like, the best band in the world, they're, they just mean something to me, but, uh, like, I would never, like, uh, like these these fans of these fucking entertainers are like vicious, man. They're they're worse than anything. Like they attack anybody who attacks their their people. And it's like, all right, relax, dude. First off, they can give two shits about you, even though they say my fans, my fa-, they don't give no fucks about you, dude. Like they would never sit down with most of you because they're like, nah, <laughs> you know, they're like. Hey Taylor Swift, Beyonce, would you love to? Would you like to sit down for thirteen hours with a fan? They'd be like, "Oh fuck, thirteen hours!" They're like, "But no, dude, they don't give no shits." You 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 swipe that card, and that's all they need you for, straight up. I mean, all this fans bullshit. It's just it's it's an exchange, dude. They're a business too, you know. Like, give me what I need musically and entertain entertain wise. And I'll get, I'll pay you, so it's an even exchange. Even though your rate is fucking crazy, I'll still pay you. But yeah, man, we're going. It's gonna be great. Uh, you already know me and the wife are gonna do a road trip podcast on the way there, so be looking out for that. And uh, and then yeah, I'll give you fucking. You know, I'm giving the recap on that. So. But I want to make it clear. You tune into Cynical Optimist. It is always talk shit, and then maybe I see the other side. It is never. We're never on. We're never on a side, dude. I'm a centrist. Your boy is a centrist. I, I I never. I don't remember who I even fucking voted for. If I even voted, I won't, dude. Fuck it, because I, I <laughs> I'll never decide. Um. Oh, dude, we saw. Uh, you know what, dude? Really quick, I want to talk about uh, something that I have no idea, talk, uh, no reason to be talking about, but it's kind of interesting. So um, there's this like writer's strike happening, and even though your boy's not Hollywood and knows nothing about Hollywood, I've listened to enough podcasts to kind of like gather my information here. And um, 
So what I gather is that, like, they're on strike because uh, the last time there was a writer's strike, obviously, this was for, like, television and better pay and better, uh, what do you call it? Better, uh, I forget the word, better deals um, on their contracts for, you know, uh, weekly pay and uh, uh, not retributions, but like reimbursements, I guess, if they're like a producer on the show. I don't know. It's basically when the show airs and all the money that comes afterwards. But so what I'm gathering is like because people don't watch TV anymore. I mean, there's a few programs out there, but nobody really watches TV. The TV and streaming have two different ways of handling business, which is obvious because, I mean, Dude, how many streaming services are there? There's Apple TV Plus, you have Netflix, Tubi, Hulu, uh, Paramount Plus. I don't know if I said that already. Uh, Peacock. Thank God they didn't go Peacock Plus or whatever. And then you have like HBO Max, HBO Max Lite, HBO Max Dark, HBO Max Diet, Diet Zero, HBO Max, you know, whatever, Sparkling Water, HBO Max. Like you, whatever, HBO's changed like three times and now they're joining with some other, they're joining with Discovery and... Anyways, and I, oh, I saw this real quick. I saw this like side thing where this guy's like, all these streaming services are joining forces now together to basically like this is his theory where it's like they're gonna join all together to basically make a package deal, which is basically cable, but like you're you're gonna be paying more in the long run. Anyways, you know, fun little thing. So, um, so they're on strike because a lot of these writers get jobs on on these streaming services, and it's a little bit janky because. They don't have the same contracts. They almost don't have to abide by the same rules and laws, I think, as far as what, what television was doing. So they're trying to get, you know, every all the T's crossed and the, the, the lowercase J's dotted. And, you know, um, that's fine. That's great because I think, like, even AI was being talked about as being, like, a writer, which, look... I don't what I don't I don't know what I know and I don't know what you know but I we definitely don't know enough for AI to be fucking writing TV shows already dude and I mean that with a passion because I tried ChatGPT and I asked it a couple questions and it was like it was fine it was good like these were like this was like you know when you got a computer as a kid you're like oh whoa like let's fucking you know play organ trail like you just don't know what it could be or I was a kid. I didn't know what the potential of the computer I was in front of had, you know, I was playing Oregon trail on it and fucking pretending like I knew how to play solitaire. So these, these companies talking about using AI to be comedy writers or movie writers, I think it's like, you don't, you don't know enough to, to be doing that. But apparently it's a, it's a pawn in this, this little game, um, this game that they're trying to do with these negotiations. I'm like, why like i've seen some ai stuff and it's okay it's good it's like oh cool a computer made that but like to to write a whole tv show a whole episode or whatever i don't know and i've heard different takes on this from uh, actual writers comedy writers and people who are uh you know who are, are part of this and it's like okay well some of them are for it some of them are not like one person was like oh if i have to like punch up some Jokes on a script, I don't mind doing that. That was written by AI. And some people are like, no, fuck no, that's my bread and butter. Like, that's what I do. You know, who, who knows, right? But in the midst of all this, I, I 
you I I don't really feel bad for them and this is my thing. It's like I understand they're working people too. It's just it's hard to feel bad for people whose job it is is to make to sit in a room and make jokes to write down on a piece of paper that other people say. Like it's just you're not going to get any sympathy from and I, and honestly I don't think they are this time because the last time the writers strike happened i mean this was like 2007 or 8 maybe and because more people watched tv and what was coming each week to week like we were waiting to get served up but uh, all these other places were doing reruns um it's a different time you know like there's enough content right now on every single streaming service to the point where I don't even know how long this fucking writer's strike is going to be, but I don't even care. There's so much fucking content I haven't caught up with, dude. I I could catch up to every show that I was supposed to catch up on, and it, this thing could still be going on a year later, and I still wouldn't even scratch the surface of the amount of content that's out there. So it's weird now because I feel like they don't have the sympathy of the American people. We're like, we want more. Like, dude, I don't care if Jimmy Kimmel has a show. I don't care if Seth Meyers or any of these – I don't watch them, and and even on YouTube, like the, it, I don't want to. I would rather these guests go on Joe Rogan shit or go on other podcast and and tell more better stories, more extended stories, versus they're like, oh, so you you got a pet cat to, to tell us about this, and then they they've already have the whole cat story planned out. Like, well, I bought a cat, and uh, as you can imagine, it does cat things, and the fucking audience is like, oh my god, it's a cat, you know. So I don't I don't care. And I think a lot of people don't care either. They're, nobody's really tuning into these shows anymore. So now when it comes to the streaming services, yeah, people there there's obviously a care there, but it's it's almost like I feel like, man, for the first time, and this is, you know, this is how it works, I guess now it's like all the power is in the uh, these streaming services versus the these these cable network, you know. Because they could be like, oh, yeah, you want to go? That's fine. We'll just hire other people who are waiting for an opportunity to write. And sure, we might get some shitty shows for a very long time, but eventually it'll get better. I mean, look, I, I always want people to make a good living. I'm not saying I'm for this shit, you know. But I'm also like, man, dude, there's there's other ways. I, I don't know, dude. I, I'm very blue collar, so it's it's hard for me to feel sympathy for it. It's like, dude, people are doing way worse jobs. You guys have it easy. You sit in a room. You you tell dick jokes, and then eventually one of them gets written down. Like that's a great life. You have a very leisure life. Like I get it. You, you got families and all that stuff. You still got to eat. But it's it's hard to get sympathy. I think from like the American people when we're like, yeah, we're doing some real shit out here. We're we're having an opportunity to fucking for you to do what you do. We got to do what we do. But honestly, if you stop doing what you do, we still got to do what we do. It's kind of. Yeah, we we like entertainment. We need it in, in a weird way, but there's so many forms of entertainment now. I don't know, man. We'll see how this goes. Um, I don't know if I'll fucking bring it up again, but it's just interesting. You know, it's like on one hand, I want to feel sorry for them, but on the other, it's like, yeah, but you kind of, you know, you kind of have it. You have it good, and I'm I'm not saying like let these bigger companies take advantage of you. Of course, like. A, it's cool that they're fighting and you know fuck them for trying to get one on them and and all that stuff but it's I think the fight is a lot different now that like 
we're so we're so uh, there's such a flood of content. We might not even fucking know that the writer. To be honest, if this was all done in silence, we wouldn't know there was a writer strike. I mean, it kind of feels like, you know, your boy informs you about the latest, but other than that, man, it would be kind of hard for anybody to notice, like, or really care about a writer strike. But look, I wish him the best, man. I mean, to be, but see, it's kind of hard because there's people like in coal mines, and like, there's so many worse things, and writers are like. We, you know, we deserve better treatment. It's like, oh, God, you guys get food and fucking drinks, everything catered to you. And, like, it's kind of difficult for us to feel bad, you know. So, I don't know. It's just something I wanted to bring up to to uh, to bring to the light. But, you know, hopefully those guys um, get shit figured out. But, I mean, uh, there's YouTube, you know. Like, YouTube always keeps the eyeballs on. And, I mean, man, even some, like, right now, to be honest with you, I can't find anything I like on these streaming services i have what i got hbo netflix hulu paramount peacock i have though i have five and i still can't fucking find anything i like on there dude so it's like oh my god uh so i find myself on youtube a lot you know it's just that shit's entertaining so that's the shitty thing man i don't know we'll we'll see we'll see how everything turns out for these guys but um like I said, I don't know if I'm if I keep up with this, but we'll see. Maybe they're going to be like Netflix announces it's shutting down because it doesn't have any writers. I don't know. We'll see. <clears throat> Man, speaking about this writer strike, um, I guess like any show that just recently came out or is about to come out, at least for the next like whatever six months or so, uh, you know. That'll be like the the somewhat quality of writers, right? But um, I checked out uh, Pete Davidson's new show, Bupkis, on Peacock since I have basically cable now. Um, <clears throat> I got to say, man, like uh, this is probably the last thing Pete can do that's based on his life because I think this is getting all the juice out of the out of the squeeze that he <clears throat> he's doing on his life like yeah king of staten island and that was a that was a good movie yeah I, I liked it i enjoyed it it was funny there were some good parts to it um and so this show is basically like a little bit more in depth of like situations or stories like kind of of why he is the way he is i guess in a way and maybe he's doing it for himself. I don't know. Like, maybe he's just like, I need to tell my story. I need to see, like, let people know, like, how shit is fucking with me or, like, how people are interpreting stuff. And, I mean, for the most part, like, I got to say, there was, like, two episodes where I lost my shit laughing. Like, because... Because, I mean, I don't know, dude, good writing. I don't know if he had anything to do with it. or, I mean, and then he has, like, a list of comment, uh, comics on the show. He has Shane Gillis. And Shane is in one of the episodes that I, it's fucking hilarious, dude. And it was so good. And um, so, you know, um, I think it's just, like, a little bit of a more for I guess for him to work his shit out like in public like hey this is why I am the way I am 
and all that stuff. So a lot of a lot of it is very serious. It's got serious tones to it. I mean, I don't know how he got Joe Pesci to play his grandfather, but god damn, what a fucking pull. Like Joe Pesci is classic fucking Joe Pesci in this. I mean, if you've ever seen Home Alone, <laughs> imagine that was the reference. I'm like, dude, Joe Pesci, great actor. I mean, have you seen Home Alone 1 and 2? <laughs> like But no, man, Joe fucking as far as him being this, he's already old, man. He's a fucking old guy. You know, he kills it in this. I mean, shout out to him. Um, so, it's... Look, it's a good show. I think, like, if if this is kind of portraying who he really is, and, you know, maybe... I mean, but we don't really know anybody, right? We don't know what anybody's going through. So, this guy, we think, like, because he has a supermodel fucking girlfriends every six months, because the claim is he has a huge cack, like... You know, he must be doing fine, but apparently he's not. So, uh, um, <laughs> like, uh, but again, I don't know what it's like to have, you know, your whole <laughs> for everybody to be like, why does this, why is this dude successful? He sucks, you know, <laughs> dude, no, it's, I mean, it, he's living that life. So I guess you could imagine how that does suck. But I mean, look, it, it's a, I checked it out cause I was like, fuck it. Like I, I literally had not have any shows to watch. I enjoyed it. There was some good laughs in there, some good writing. Um, some of it was like, I was like, nah, it's, I mean, overall, I give this show like, uh, I don't know. I'd give it like a seven, you know, seven out of 10. It, it, it was good. It had some good parts to it, but I just, you know, it, it's a little, it's like a dramedy a little bit, but more on the drama side. So, if it's more drama, I'm kind of, like, not with it too much. But, yeah, look, if you're bored as fuck and you want to find out what really happened to Pete Davidson's life, you know, watch this, I guess. Bupkis. But on to the next review, which is a complete, you know, change-up. But I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I had been waiting for this fucking movie for I don't know how long, dude. I was a different person when the last one came out. Let me see, dude. Look. Because obviously, you know, at least you can expect what from this uh, from the last previous movie at least a year or two uh, for it to come out. Um Let me see. <clears throat> Volume three. So part two. Oh wow, dude. Oh fucking wow. Look at these dates. Dude, Guardians of the Galaxy Part Two came out in 2017. Fuck. A mere what six years later? We get part three. Dude, I was a different person six fucking years ago. Like, absolute facts, dude. I was so fucking different. <laughs> I've changed so much from from when part two to part three came out. And uh, every time part three was always being talked about or, or you know, it was always kind of like, oh, okay, like, we'll see. Like, what they're doing with this new Blade film, dog. Dude, this new Blade film, I'm telling you, just scrap it at this point. And, of course, it's like a dick thing to say because people are like, Man, no, we need to give Blade a chance. It's like, yeah, dude, but, like... It's been pushed back. 
It's had different writers, like fucking four different writers. It's had at this point, I think three different directors. One will sign on and they'll fall off. And, and now the writer strike happened. They, they pushed it back to the furthest they could, which was like 24, I think, or 25. I'm sorry. Maybe 26. Now it's just like, it's up in the fucking air, dude. Like Blade is, who knows, dude? I mean, who fucking knows? Will it be good? Yeah, sure, maybe. But still, at this point, it's kind of like it's, it's not a good look when so many things. But yeah, it's Marvel. They got the, they got the the narrow, and um, but no, dude, the Guardians was, it was good. I really, I I, I liked it, man. I think this was one of the movies they needed to sort of bring, kind of give life to you. Because right now, in my personal. In my personal opinion, I believe, I believe Marvel is kind of treading water right now, but it's right at their fucking neck and chin. Now, do I, do I have anything to back this up? Absolutely not. This is all feeling, baby. You know, that's what we do here at SoundCloud. Everything here is all feeling. I have no facts. I got no figures. There's no way I can back this up. I mean, I doubt ticket sales of, I mean, I think Ant-Man did pretty bad. That was like their worst performing film, like money-wise. Uh, but the whole thing on that was that they spent a lot of the budget on Wakanda and then they basically gave them like Mario paint to finish, uh, <laughs> fucking Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. <laughs> They're like, uh, what was the budget for Wakanda forever? Like, oh, $200 billion. And how much of that was, um, for Ant-Man? They're all, uh, probably about 10 billion of that. All right. So what happened? Like, uh, you, you know, there's a difference between you know, a 200, uh, 190 million and 200, I mean, 190 billion, that last little billion that we needed. So we just kind of borrowed it from Man Man. But look, we gave them Mario Paint for Super Nintendo. They were able to finish, you know, and surprisingly flying at colors. So, you know, and so it did horrible. And, uh, you know, look, I, I want to be real, right? Wakanda Forever was good. It was. It was definitely... It was, but it was also like a movie to, it was like a movie based in reality and fiction because obviously Chadwick Boseman died in real life and they needed a way to kind of send off the character. You know, it, it was a very sentimental film to a lot of people, obviously like not jocking that movie at all. It was, it was good. Um, it left a lot of room for interpretation of what's kind of, what's going to happen next so it was it was great, you know, and I know that they wanted to make this like a spectacular like goodbye for Chadwick, you know, just to finally lay the man to rest as an actor. And it's all respectable, definitely. Um, so I, I guess that's where most of the budget went for for when Ant-Man came out. So that's why when you watch Ant-Man, you're kind of like, yeah, this kind of seems like. A lot of backdrop. I mean, it is a lot of backdrops and green screen, but you know, definitely see the Mario paint taking uh, taking action in there. But look, so based off this feeling I have, I think like Marvel's treading water. The fucking they're they're right at the chin. You got a little bit of room to breathe, and Guardians was the movie that kept them afloat. At least neck-wise, you know, at the neck. The water is now at the neck, at the bottom of the neck. Depending on, you know, you got long neck, wide neck, whatever. It's it's at the base of the neck, all right? They, they're, 
they're safe for a little bit. I thought it was great. I thought it was good. It was the perfect, you know, bow on the end of a story that, you know, since 2014, that's when the first one came out, dude. But almost, dude, a whole 10 years later, this, this one chapter of this, of these, uh, MCU, of this MCU, uh, you know, pie finished. Um, so it's crazy, man. And, um, without, obviously I do a spoiler free, but I do give like, I want to just say that like James Gunn was able to give you the same thing that you want, but at the same time, giving you something you didn't know you needed. If that makes sense. Like, I think that's a really good line of toe when it comes to entertainment. Like, like your favorite musician or artist, uh, if they put out the same shit three years in a row, you're going to be like, this dude's, you know, he, he has no range. He's talentless. But if he gives you this, like, kind of the same and then something else you didn't know you needed, that's when an album changes it for you, you know? Because you could put out the same bullshit you're used to but if you want to grow as a band or uh, as a performer like you'll try new shit just to see what else it is that you could do so i think in this case james gunn like towed that perfect line of like this is what you expect from these guys but also here's this and i I think he did a great job i mean he's a great director uh now i think he's gonna head obviously the dc i think he's gonna kill it over there Dude, and who knows, like life, I've said this a lot, but like life is long and shit can happen. It is very quite possible that in the beginning of all this, Marvel was the, the, was the first in line, was right at the fucking, you know, nobody could touch them type status. And DC was at the bottom putting out fucking garbaggio. It is quite possible, but within the next 10 years that, James Gunn could fucking flip the switch and Marvel could be the Garbaggio and DC could be fucking full on, you know, giving us a whole universe. And look, I mean, for the most part, I'm, I'm fucking obviously willing to give James Gunn a chance. I mean, he's proven himself time and time again that he can be given a chance. And I mean, uh, this was, must be great for him. It's like, dude, I, you know, at best he has guaranteed 10 years work to do these movies, these films and, uh, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm excited to see what he's got because he obviously killed this. This is the last one he did for Marvel because he signed his DC deal like right before this came out. Maybe he was like, um, maybe he was directing during, but I'm not 100% sure. I don't, I, I don't know the timelines, but it's a super good film, man. Like, um, I think, uh, obviously if you're a fan of the Marvel stuff, go check it out. It's, plus you don't need me to tell you if you're a fan of the Marvel stuff already, but, if you've given up hope on the Marvel stuff, I, I suggest you maybe go see it if you have the time. It's all good. It's going to come out on Disney Plus anyways. Whichever, however, in whichever way you see it, give it a look. I think it's given a little bit of hope uh, to the, to the uh, what do you call it, to the MCU. And, uh, and then I think the next one coming out is that, I'm not 100% sure, but I want to see the Marvels. Which, dude, they, dude, they get so much fucking hate. Like, I think, I think what's been going on is like a lot of Disney or, 
or Marvel has trying to been going this like woke route where they're trying to be more inclusive, which is fine, I guess, you know, but it's always kind of like, just, just do it, have it already be in there. Don't make it such a point, a plot point inside the show or the movie. And I think a lot of people are kind of having that hangover where they introduced like these other characters because originally it was supposed to be Miss Marvel 2. Now it's turning into the Marvels. I think they believe that Brie Lars couldn't carry the movie on her own. So they made it a three-way thing. I don't know, dude, from the trailer. I don't know where they're going in this direction. I don't know how. I'm always hopeful. I'm like, you know, maybe it could be good. But I think this is one of the movies I'm probably just going to wait to stream on Disney Plus, to be honest. Like, I don't know if I would go to the movies for look, Miss Marvel part one did really good because it was one of the movies right before Endgame. And they were gonna have like a post credit scene and it was gonna like uh people were just waiting for that post credit scene to see like what was good. And so I think that's why it did a little bit better. But because from what I heard, you know, people didn't like the movie. And I think even in an interview, uh, some this interview lady asked Brie Larson, like, oh, so are you excited uh, to come back as Miss Marvel? And she's like, I am. She was but I don't know if they are. And like, it was kind of, I think people have a sour taste for Brie Larson. She, uh, a long time ago, she tweeted this thing where she was at an airport and the baggage... I don't know if it was like TSA or like the baggage guy like hit on her. And then she tweeted something like, hold on, I got to find the actual tweet. Uh, Cause it was during this like whole, you know, believe all women that time's up uh, campaign that they were doing. Um, let me see. And so she had tweeted this thing. Let me see. The internet never forgets, dude. You could, it could have happened a long time ago and she fucking deleted it. No, somebody, like, I, I swear to God, there was people just waiting to screenshot people's fucking, uh, people's tweets. Uh, so she said, I merely smiled at a TSA agent and he asked for my phone number to live life as a woman is to live on the, uh, to live life on the defense. Uh, somebody said something, yes, when I'm a person going through security and other employees have said security, it's inappropriate. Oh, holy shit. Oh, the guy who fucking, who, his name is John Gabriel. I merely asked for Brie Larson's phone number and she put me on blast on Twitter to live life as a TSA agent is to live life on the defense. <laughs> this motherfucker not you gotta love it man and then brie larson i guess oh okay so he he was i guess re, i don't know i don't know twitter but he was commenting on her post about it and so holy shit yeah so i think people think that she was kind of overdoing the the interaction which is like look i get it i understand like to live life as a woman who kind of have the fear of like if you go out alone will you come back you know i don't know i'm not saying that they don't have it hard but i think that interaction could have just been swept under the rug you know like yeah you could have felt like a way about it but to post 
to kind of make it about like uh like a women's thing uh, i think it was a little bit of a stretch and i i mean if that's what she's trying to live down from i think like come on dude everybody's fucking forgiving ezra miller dog <laughs> this dude basically kidnapped children but we're like hey he might have a fucking fire ass flash movie dog it's like it's free ezra till it's backwards you know <laughs> i guarantee if this flash movie does over 100 million he's forgiven i'm, I'm calling it right now because i think he's in a he's in a rehab or some sort of like counseling and he's working on himself uh and and i guarantee this movie does 100 million dc's like babe you know whatever we're good ezra you can do whatever the fuck you want and a lot of people i mean i don't know why he went southern at the end but <laughs> you know <laughs> They, they, they pull the southern accent when they need to they're just like i'm in new york i'm talking like this when i'm in texas i'm talking like this i don't know that was horrible anyways moving on from the bit but um yeah like they're gonna fucking forgive ezra if that movie does amazing people are like it'll be like nah doc it's all good now they're like wait hold on but what about the marvels nah brie larson tweeted that she got hit on by a dude fuck that <laughs> i don't know I don't, I don't know why people have such an issue with her dude she's just just living like, yeah, I mean, like I said, the tweet could have mm, could have been prevented, but, you know, we do what we do. Oh, I forgot to fucking mention. And, I, I dude, I'll tell you how uh, I wasn't pissed when this happened, but I was definitely, fuck, wish it was me. So, you know, in school, you know, if you were the sort of like the class clown, I don't know if you were, but if you knew about the class clown, you knew one thing, right? And it was timing. Everything relied on timing um, when, when it came to a joke. So if a teacher said something and you made a joke about it and the whole class erupted is because you had the perfect timing and you killed it, dude. And uh, so during the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, for some fucking reason, uh, we're watching the movie and the movie, the, the, uh, the screen goes off and the lights turn on, right? It's a dark room. All the lights turn on. At this exact same moment, dude, there was an old gentleman walking in the, you know, there's a section for the front of the movie theater and then there's a section for the, um, for the, the rest of the middle and up. So there's that walkway if you need to go to either. This guy is walking through that aisle and as soon as the lights come on, I, I guarantee you he saw everybody's eyes turn to him because as I turned to him, I thought we were about to get like a uh, an announcement from management. Like, we're so sorry. We're having technical difficulties because the way the guy came in, it looked perfect. It was perfect timing that he was going to come in and tell us like, we're sorry right now. It's we're having an issue. But it was it was just a guy. He was walking. And in the perfect timing, he goes, it wasn't me, dude fucking whole theater erupts in laughter he got it and then the lights went back dark and so it was almost like he fucking he opened and closed his own fucking comedy show dude he had two seconds said the it wasn't like hilariously funny but the timing and the situation this guy destroyed you're talking about eddie murphy live you're talking about martin lawrence's you so crazy what about white guy at Alamo Draft House, dude? Okay, this guy destroyed, man. He killed, like, you know those uh, comedy podcasts where you're like, 
You're hearing them talking. They're all like, oh, my God, he's a murderer. He destroyed. He killed. You know, it was this guy that they're talking about, dude. Alamo Drafthouse, motherfucker. And I, I we're cracking up. Everybody's cracking up in the theater like, like, like loud laughter. And I turn to my wife and, and I go, fuck, <laughs> after I'm done laughing, of course, because his timing was impeccable. She goes, what? I'm like, he killed, dude. <laughs> He killed to the whole room. I mean, fuck. There, there's no other way of looking at it. This guy fucking destroyed. And it pissed me off. <laughs> Dude, I don't know if I would have had the same kind of timing, honestly. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I want to believe. But, like, a part of me would have just been, like, looking up like, huh? Like, huh? But this guy fucking killed it, dude. Shout out this guy. And I guarantee you're going to see him on the fucking Joe Rogan experience talking about it. Like, for sure. <laughs> oh man dude i get like it's a it's a small situation but it was it was perfectly timed i don't know but (laughs) that was uh i was like yeah going on the pod for sure shout out him maybe i'll have him uh, i'll have him on as a guest to talk about his two seconds of fame you know boy is on the move today man there's his podcast on the go that's the that's the good thing about doing a podcast from you know your truck or your your lunch break sometimes you know it's the convenience of of the phone i mean once i get an actual like settled place to go the podcast i think is going to be totally different to be honest it's gonna i mean i'm gonna do everything in one hour i'm gonna have you know everything set to to go for one hour instead of uh because a little a little you know inside baseball behind the scenes i uh i do like at least 20 minutes maybe like every time you hear that little break in the in the show it's like it's different days so if i might be talking about one thing and the next day something else happens which is you know it's kind of cool it's like it gives it gives me the availability to talk about so many different things. I mean, cause shit changes so fast nowadays. Uh, and so many things happen that, um, uh, you know, doing that, doing it this way kind of like gives me the freedom to talk about so many things within a week versus when I go, when I try to start doing it, um, one hour a week, like so much shit can change in the next seven days, you know, by, by the time the next one comes out. So, um, you know, we, we got to do the way we got to do it. I, I love doing this podcast. I appreciate those who uh, are listening and uh, all the new all the new guys and gals and whoever you identify as. It's all good. But um, I guess the last thing I'll do to wrap it up. I mean, I've talked about this before, I think, or in general, it's just something I've talked about. But like more recently, dude, I've... Um, I don't know, man. Do you ever listen to music? This is a question just for us now. We're not talking about no no politics, no pop culture, nothing going on currently. But this is just like a question I have for you. And, you know, and I don't want to sound like a 20-year-old girl you're trying to hit on. And then, like, she says this. But, like, do you ever feel like music is therapy? I know what it sounded like. I get it. Okay. But what I'm trying to say is, like, Look, conventional therapy is still kind of out for a lot of people. Like a lot of people are still like scared or nervous or whatever to to do it. So um, I just, uh, I was listening to a song, you know, and 
the thing about music and movies and shows, when somebody tells me, like, you should check this out, I'm most likely almost never going to do it. It's very rare that I do. I let that shit find me or I let myself get curious and like wander into those rooms. You know what I mean? And, you know, if something finds me and it strikes me, I go, I'm going to listen to that or I'm going to watch that so fucking much. It's going to get annoying to myself. Right. And so, you know, it happened to me recently where I found a song. Um, I liked the cadence of the song. I like, you know, it's it was. It was good, and you know, t- just to divulge a little bit more, it was a. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think I talked about this dude previously on a podcast, but it was this uh, this, this emo rapper, Lil Peep. And look, I'm not a fan of the emo rap genre. I think, personally, he did it right. Again, in, in my most humble opinion, I think he did it. Maybe he was one of the predecessors to all this, and I think he did it right like he just had the cadence in his voice he had the flow i don't know the way the the way the producers and you know did everything for him it it just seemed it just seemed to work for him and so obviously him dying um early you you get this um you get this gap and then you get a lot of people who were kind of behind him not not so much in a supportive role but like you know just kind of copying what he was doing and it's fine. It's in everything. There's always going to be, you know, imitations of the thing. But I believe he, he was the only one who could lead these fucking people because he, he like in a weird way, like this is, you know, new genres or new things always come around. And sometimes it takes a, a minute for people to get used to it. It's fine. But this guy, had he not died uh, at a young age, maybe the people kind of copying what he was doing. And I don't mean copying in like a disrespectful way. I'm just saying like, you know, when something gets flowing, everybody tries to make or, or be that thing. But I'm saying is like when he died early, a lot of, a lot of it kind of just didn't, it all kind of felt like produced for that genre versus like just making music. And it happened to be this thing it just happened to like be a hit. So when he, um, when he died, obviously I think there was like a gap left there. And, um, there's a song I, I heard it and you know me, dude, I'm a, I'm a fucking, I'm sir skip a lot, dude. Like I'll skip a track. If I don't even like the first five seconds, it could be the intro. I'm like, I don't like how that intro sounds, but I found a clip of a song from him that I hadn't heard before. And I was like, what the fuck? Where is this song? Let me find it. I found it. It was on an album I listened to a lot, but I just always skipped this one song. Reason being is like, okay, there, there he has a feature on this track, which I have such a fucking, um, I have such a problem with because <laughs> the name of the guy, I was like, you're trying too much. You're, you're doing too much, kid. Okay dude how can i get his full i'll just look him up on fucking on apple music so i get his full name okay you ready it's little peep featuring wicca phase springs eternal jesus christ dude too much of a name do less just be just be wicca and even at that like relax you know um but the song's called absolute in doubt and 
I would suggest skipping to the skipping to Peeps part instead of Wicca's, you know, because it's it just sounds like, you know, one of those guys who's like, hey, dude, I make rap like I make rap. You know, they say that I make rap and I'm a producer. Here's my CD. And it's just like, oh, yeah, sick, dude. Look, anyways, what I'm talking about is like I hear this song and. Dude, I think it's good. Like, I think it's. um. It, it it's like kind of helping me in a way it's weird like it, it's like there's certain stuff even when I was growing up I couldn't like really process and I think that's why a lot of people go to therapy right it's just like helping you process situations and or like incidents that happened to you that you at the time couldn't really carpet car how's that work Carmenolite, carmel, whatever, like that you couldn't figure out, like you couldn't react, like you know how some people are like when it when a when a tragedy happens, people are like, oh, dude, I would have been right there, dude, I would have been on the twin towers, dude, with a fucking turret just shooting at these planes, dude. They don't even know if I was there, dude, like what I would have done. It's like, no, dude, you would have been just as panicked, just as freaked out, just as like lost as everybody was, right? And uh, so you know, once something happens you kind of go through the event and then uh you just later on when you're like i don't know i'm not talking about something as serious as the twin towers i'm just saying like in your personal life when you're going through some stuff um you, you go through something and you fucking you end up like in the shower yelling <laughs> or like having the having the altercation happen again but you're just in the shower completely naked covered in soap and you're like yeah this is where i'm gonna work this shit out you're like yeah motherfucker like if you had a road raid inch incident or something and uh <laughs> and you're just all soaked up and and uh you're naked you're just like yeah motherfucker will turn on your blinker yeah bitch and then, but you're just alone in the shower trying to figure it out and so, uh, I, uh, I, I don't really go to therapy. I think it would be, I think it'd be nice. And, you know, for just to spare you guys all my shit, I'm not, I wouldn't go through everything. Like I never, I didn't have like a traumatic life, but there's some shit, there's some shit like I can't figure out on my own sometimes. I'm like, what well, you know, and so, um, I I think now I use like music to and I, I swear I hate the way it sounds but it's true like I just use the music to um to kind of because what I do with music is I, I don't know if everybody does this but what I end up doing with music is I tend to like um almost play back the scenario to music like dude if they ever release like a fucking you know how they're trying to put like um what do you call it uh they're trying to put like chips in our brain or some shit for I, I don't know for what like dude if they ever release like the mp3 version like where music can start playing when certain shit happens in my life dude sign me the fuck up let me get that like yesterday you know what i mean and so um yeah man like i i listened to this song and it's weird it's like it kind of like helped me figure out this thing that happened to me like a, a long time ago just kind of help processing it and all that stuff so i um you know um like w w without sounding like again a 20 year old girl you're trying to sleep with like i believe 
like this, you know, music is therapy and it's, and it's fucking more again, like again, it happened to where I was like, damn dude, like every time I find a new song or like a new band or something, um, it just further, you know, helps, helps me figure out what I need to figure out. And, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate that, dude. I mean, eventually I would like to get the real deal, the real deal therapy to, to really figure this shit out. Cause you know, it's, it's fucking, I mean, you got to live with you in your own head. You know, you, you've got to be with you and, and listen to the shit you have to say, unless I'm the only one, dude. Like, and, uh, you know, side note, if they ever do put those fucking chips in your head, I hope to God they never find out what's what's on everybody's mind because i mean i can't be the only one thinking this fucking crazy shit out here too so <laughs> but look man that's gonna do it for me uh for this week's app again man i appreciate you guys listening you know this any new listeners what's up you know i don't know if you got here from episode one or you're just starting but you know what's good welcome to the cine app um interesting thing though too man I know I have these uh, episodes numbered, but technically, um, this one when I post this episode, it will be the 100th episode. So this is the technical 100th episode. So congratulations to, I guess me, right? <laughs> but you know, the one the next hundred episode in, hopefully I can get something set up. So you know. This is the technical 100th episode, but the actual 100th coming very soon. Um, if you're listening to this, dude, on any platform, whatever they ask of you to do to rate or review it, please give it give it a little give it a little love, whatever you got to do. Um, you know, let your friends know about it. You're like, this podcast is amazing. This podcast sucks. Check it out either way, dude. But um, thank you guys for listening. I'll see you next week. Later.